Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. I'm Carlos Smith. Today I have some special guests with me. Um, I don't know everybody's name, so Brittany, I'll let you introduce the crowd. Well, I am Brittany Rogers. Um, this is Kendra, known as Kay Jizzle. Uh oh. Olivia, Chelsea, Lisa, Tina. Okay, and um, can you ladies tell me what is the concept of Black is Beautiful? Um, well, I can speak for me. I just feel like us as women, um, not necessarily black women, but us as women in general, we all have some kind of flaws about us. It's something that we don't like about ourselves. We pretty much look in the mirror and we can tear ourselves down before um, society can tear us down. I know um, from my background and my past, I was so used to my dad um, telling me that I was beautiful that when he passed away, I kind of lost sight of that. So, um. I pretty much started to accept some of the things that I shouldn't have accepted. Um, anybody else have any insight? So how did um anybody say anything else? But you I was, like you was getting ready to say something. I, <laughs> <laughs> I would what? just say as women, we sometimes tear ourselves down. Um, I just want every woman to feel like they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Like we were made by God. And if he made us and we're made in his image that we're all perfect no matter what society says. We're beautiful in our own way, no matter what our skin color is, no matter what our body size is. Um, us as black women, we're strong, we're independent, we're beautiful. That's a fact. Um, how long have, have you guys been doing this event? Is this the first year? Or- this is something that I recently just started. Um, I pretty much just stepped out on faith. It's something I always wanted to do. And it was recently a comment that was made about black women, that all black women couldn't be beautiful. And it really made me step out on faith to show black women that we're all beautiful in our own way. Like I said, we're fearfully, we're wonderfully made. God made us in our in his own image. So with that, we should just embrace each other. Tell another woman how beautiful they look today. It's okay to give compliments and tell each other, you know, good job. Congratulations on that promotion. Mm-hmm. We should all support each other and uplift each other. And I feel like if more women really got involved and congratulated, you know, people around them, we wouldn't have so many insecurities that we face now as women. Let me hop to Kay Jizzle since you're ready to what's talk. What's going on? Going on? What's going on? I need you to tell me, um, what does this event mean to you? Well, to me, because mm-hmm. I'm dark skinned, so. And being dark skinned, that is somewhat is a challenge either at work or even when we was in school. But with me, you can't outbeat me. Mm-hmm. I know I'm pretty. And anywhere I'm gonna go, if I'm if I'm heavy set, I'm gonna I'm a step. Ain't nobody gonna be like, oh, she's just a big black girl. No, I'm gonna be the, the nice looking, big dark skinned black girl, and that's what I'm gonna be. But at growing, growing up, it was kind of check us, you know, dark, and it's always always oh, light skinned bit versus dark skin. But it shouldn't be. We all pretty, we all beautiful. But it goes back to back in the day, so you know. <laughs> The light skinned woman was the one that stayed in the house mm-hmm. back in slavery. That they was the house house women, and the dark ones was the one that was outside. And it caused a lot of complex. Inferior, people have inferiors about their skin color. But me, I used to with growing up. Now that was um, one of my questions. Actually, this follow up. If you want to chime in, is does that bother you when people say you're pretty to be dark skinned Oh, it bothers me. It bothers me because if I'm some dark skin, I mean I'm, I, I can't be pretty. And I would say it bothers me as well. I just feel like it shouldn't matter the color of my skin. Why can't I just be beautiful for who I am? I really say that I look at it as an ignorance on that person. Complexion doesn't define beauty whatsoever. So if you have that feeling, um, I'm not going to feel any type of way about it. I'm sorry that you haven't been exposed to beautiful women of all complexions. Um, but just because you feel that way, it doesn't make me feel like I'm being let so since we're talking about appearance, does it bother any of you when you see other females get surgery that enhance their body? Does that bother you ladies at all? Yeah, if they want to do what they want to do, let them do. To me, I just say to each his own. If they make that person feel better, then let them do it. It's a song by Beyonce that I really like. It just says, you know, pretty much pretty hurts. And when you listen to the words of that song, it's, it's really deep. Like we do so much to change ourselves just because of a comment that somebody made about us because you know, our skin is too dark. Why we would want to go and get our skin light and just different things that, you know, we face as women. 
that we shouldn't let society change us on. Like, let's just stick together and be beautiful for who we are. What are some other things besides appearance that women go through on a daily basis that us as men, we may not know? I say, because I know each of these women um, really well and through conversations. Um, it's just also things I would say, like in relationships. Um, we've all been through some difficult relationships that have pretty much changed a lot of us. Um, I would say, you know, for me, I just have a difficulty, you know, trusting people. So it's just trying to get myself back to that point. You know, everybody is not the same. I know every man is not the same. Mm -hmm. um, how can I trust again? Anybody else? Question again. Question again. What are um some things that women go through that us as men we may not know about? I would say also trying to be not be the angry black woman in the workplace. Oh God, that's all I'm thinking of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, I deal with that on the regular basis because it's another black woman in there, but they don't nick and pick and nick and pick when mm -hmm. they nick and pick. It's like, oh, she does this, or just say they're doing something and you do it. Oh, we're gonna report you because you're doing it. But the Caucasian women isn't, they're not gonna say nothing to them, or they're nick and pick with you until you let them, let them have it. And it might, me, it might be a few curse words, and and I'm trying to change that about myself. I'm trying to change the point of letting somebody have it without having to cuss it. You kind of jump right to my next question, but and it's for all of you again. Um, do you think y'all have a different um, struggle from white women? I would say, I would say yes, definitely. Um, I feel like, again, in the workplace is one of the main areas that you see this. From my experience, I feel like um, a lot of things were kind of like what Kendra said, looked at a little bit differently because not only am I young and black and have a higher position, mm -hmm. they're going to look at you as like, how did you get this position? Mm -hmm. You're not smart enough to be here. Mm -hmm. um, why Why isn't the manager a white woman? Mm -hmm. you know, they look at you that way. Even though you're the most educated person, mm -hmm. yeah, just as educated, if not more educated, than the people that you're your fellow co-workers, people that you're working with. And I'll just chime back on what Olivia said. Me and her have the same position. So, you know, we're both really young. We're both African-American. And to be in the positions that we're in, you know, people look at us as, you know, why are you in this position? Where's the manager? And you're like, ma'am, I am the manager. Right. And they, they take you, you know, as a joke. But I feel like we are, we're strong. Like, us as black women, we're strong women. Um, we have the power in our hands. I feel like I've been in some positions where, you know, somebody didn't want me to have it. But then again, I overcame that, you know, and I got the position anyway. So I feel like sometimes we just have to work a little harder. But one thing about that, what's yours is going to be yours. yours. Yep. God, nobody can't take it from you. Ain't no no man or woman can't take it for you. What God got for you, planned for you is going to be yours. It's going to be for you. Yep. That's interesting because um, some of the things for us as well, you know, being in journalism in the media, when I, my internship, when we used to go cover the games, you know, you don't see a lot of people in the media covering sports or whatever. So when we go to these games and they give us credentials, they look at us weird like, why are we even here? Like, they want to make sure that we have on have our credentials around our neck so we belong there. And even for black women in that field, it's not a lot of black women covering sports. Actually, one lady, they gave me some great advice. She wrote an article about it saying that, you know, for women, it's, it's, it's tough for women to get in sports anyway, but in general, but black women, it's not... Like, you may go to an event, it's only, like, two of them, two or three of them. So, and she's just talking about the different things that they have to go through to um, cross, to break down those barriers. But what are some of the things that you ladies um, have to, um, what do you do to try to break those barriers? I guess because how I was raised, um, my parents just raised me to, no matter what society says, you know, Brittany, always be the best you can. Mm -hmm. When you walk into a job, if you walk into an interview, no matter what you are, if you're a janitor, if you're a cook, no matter what it is, whatever gift God gave you, you go in with the best of your ability. So I never let society tell me that. If I didn't get the job, then I'm not going to get discouraged. I'll apply again for the next one because what God has for me will be for me. So in totality, you, all of y'all believe that women are shortchanged for job opportunities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in yeah, some ways, yeah. yeah. And it's for all women. That's not just only Not just African-American. Just women in general, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fact. Do you think... Um, 
I don't want to get too political, but do you ladies think that if Hillary had become president, a lot of things would have changed? Uh, yeah, no, but cause still in those offices, there's still congressmen and houses of of racist individuals that's still in there. She could like when Barack was in there, he couldn't push nothing in there because everybody in the seat was still Republican and they didn't want to push it. Mm -hmm. They didn't want. Oh no, he's he a black man. We ain't about to have him prosper. Uh, pros mm -hmm. So it's them in the seat. But clearly, we see with this president that we have now yeah. that they agree with because they, they all for everything. Why people getting disrespectful now these days? <laughs> <laughs> they say and do all kind of stuff now these days. Do y'all truly believe that the reason she lost may have been because she was a woman, or what? What do you think? I think they think so too. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think she lost because she was a woman. I feel like. They refused to I let feel But I think this would have been a unique time to, you know, at least make that transition from, okay, we have a black president to now let's try a, a female president. But, well, we did something different. We went from uh, celebrities who had no experience to getting in office. Yeah, I know. I got, I got a chance then. That's a fact. <laughs> I got a, a fact. chance. But the thing is, it just shows how some simple-minded people, people are. Because what he stands for and what he brings to the table is bigotry and hatred and it's just who as you know that he thinks yeah. And, yeah and exactly I was going to say who as you know and that it's he not even not all Caucasian people are racist at my house burned down a couple years ago no three years ago mm -hmm. and it was well, it was a couple of Caucasian girls I went to school with I went all through from kindergarten with they they churches and everybody lots of money lots of money it was a, a girl named Casey Campbell uh, we used to pick on her a lot of school. She was always my friend. I always speak to her. She, my, I was on the phone. My mama, mom was outside. We was picking up, you know, pictures and ramblings about the remains of the house. She walked up and gave my mama three hundred dollars. Hmm. She's so not all Caucasian people are racist. I, I didn't want to put that out. Of course, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to put that. Yeah, it, some of them are good. Some of them help us out more than our own color. That's a fact. But it's not all of them. But. When, when you but see, but the sum of majority of them, yeah, because it makes you wonder <laughs> when you see somebody who's blatantly racist, yeah, and lets you know how I think about what like he thinks he can grab women by, a, yeah, and they still vote for me, and they still vote for. So what what does that say about society when you see how he feels about women and people in general when he says stuff like that? What does it say about society? There's some ignorant people out in this world. That's what comes off of me. It was very ignorant. And I, I try not to watch CNN as much as like, I watch it my phone from time to time. It's it's some it's some African American people on board with what he got going on, mm -hmm. and that's the sad part about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, he ain't for you? And really, not so, for some of his own people either. Even the low class right next, they all for it, but he's not for them. He's all for rich and high minded. And so I think a lot of high, uh, a lot of rich black people voted because they thought that you know Texas, they mm -hmm. big on Texas. I know a lot of African American people that voted for him, and I'm like, how you thought that that was gonna be okay for you to vote for him? Nothing changed, and the situation that probably broke my feelings was the the, um, the immigrants. Immigrants only helped us out a lot. Mm -hmm. If they want to come here to make a better life for their, matter of fact, yeah, America was stolen by. That was our Indians' land. Indians, that was their land. Caucasian people came over here and took something that didn't, that didn't belong to them. This is not their land. They came from England, everywhere else, overseas. So, yeah, don't drop your immigrant. Go back to your ancestry. You're an immigrant. immigrant. Your wife is an immigrant, and your ex-wife is an immigrant. <laughs> so how are you going to sit there and tell somebody that That's they can't fact. come over here and work? But I, it's scary. What else is scary is if, if he can win this way, it makes you wonder, like, if he ends up running again. I think they might. 
It's a scare for I, I might think they might, you know, try to vote back in because it's scared how in the past year has things has changed. You see now these videos on Facebook that, that these officers are just grabbing these. It was an old lady I seen just tackling her down. It was just, just a big cleaning ticket and grabbing kids, shooting people in the car while the kids in the car. And they told you that it was a gun. I had a you knock know, a license gun. Mm-hmm. I got a license gun. I'm going to put my hands up for him. The man put, put his hands up. You shoot fire while his child is in the back seat. It's scary. It's scary. It is. And I think we just, we all really need to get out here and like we take in, and take voting serious. Yeah. Like we take it as a joke sometimes. Like we all need to get registered to vote. And in the society that we live in right now, we all really need to be prayed up. Yeah, really. Because mm-hmm. the only thing is, man can't change nothing. The only person who changes is God. Yes. <laughs> but I think once people realize that it not only hurts us, but it's hurting their people as yeah. well, mm-hmm. then maybe that'll cause change. But we'll, we'll have to see. But another thing I want to talk about is the Me Too movement. Do you ladies feel like it's working? I think some people taking it to the extreme. You know, um, trying to get people into trouble, but I'm, I'm agreeing as well, and I'm seeing, I don't had, matter of fact, can I have a Me Too movement against women, because this is this gay girl at my job is trying to holler at me, and I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's scary. Working, but that's what I'm trying to get it. So I feel like for the people who actually were like abused or uh, whatever, you know, it gives them a voice to speak up because I know I'm not alone and, you know, whatever happened to you, I can relate to that and mm-hmm. it gives me a voice to speak up about my situation. Mm-hmm. But some people are kind of like taking it for granted. Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I want to know um, because it's like, are we, don't attack me, don't attack me, I just want to know, are we headed down a slippery slope when one person can say, you know, this person touched me, and then after that, somebody else jumps in, then another person, yeah. another, or we headed down a slippery slope when he's easily, and I'm not trying to discredit anybody who's doing it, but but it's, it's it, I don't personally, I don't think so, because if I feel like if a man touched one person they deserve whatever is coming to them from them um, now, as far as multiple people coming forward, whether it happened or not, uh, honestly, they shouldn't if it really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But to me, it doesn't make the man any less or any better, whether it was one person or five people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So even if a man felt like he could approach one female in that way, he deserves whatever time that he has to get. Um, so, yeah. It's, but, it's, it's most definitely wrong, but I, I just, it makes me wonder, you know, because. Even if they say he allegedly touched somebody, mm-hmm. public yeah. opinion says you're guilty. Yeah, about, yeah. And that sticks with you wherever yeah. you go. That's why I'm like, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the thing I hate about it. Because once you get into somebody and somebody's trying to be on the come up, like these superstars, mm-hmm. it was, some of them, I'm like, dang, this is my mortgage free. What? what? But, <laughs> and, but the thing is, you don't know people either in real life. Mm-hmm. You don't know what they're capable of doing. Yeah. So, if, and then a lot of people, they in these these entertainment and they in this high state. Oh, he can't. He didn't. He didn't do that. He, he don't know what he did. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he got money, don't mean nothing. He probably st- he probably is a, like what's the name the uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh, he's sick. Yeah, he's a he's sick. sick and he and he was costing people. Not, he, was it Terry Crews when he touched on him or something like that or somebody else? Terry Crews got touched on. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like that's where black people get the lower hand, and um, with the judicial system, it's supposed to be innocent to proven guilty. Um, so I definitely see what you're saying, where if someone brings forth these allegations, they're automatically looked at as guilty, and they're not given that chance to prove themselves. Um, so I can see where you say there is a slippery slope, uh, but I do feel like black people are automatically guilty before they're even able to present their case. Right. Would y'all encourage women once it happens to speak yes, out yes, on the situation? It's best to speak out. Uh, then what you're going to do is internalize it. It's going to manifest in other ways. You can manifest, might have a high sex drive or just angry all the time. Or it's best just to let it out. Because you never know. Somebody else might have been through it. And you can, they got like grief groups and stuff like that. They can go talk to other people. I know, I know somebody that went through that. And I don't want to put it out there like that, but um, they go talk to um, 
go to get, different grief groups and different stuff and deal with because once you hold in, you internalize and it manifests in your behavior. Mm-hmm. I actually sat down with, a couple of weeks ago with a, a girl I went to school with, Tyresha McKinstry, and she mm-hmm. wrote a book about it. And she said she really didn't know that she was being molested until she watched um, Ayala Fix My Life. Oh, and when she saw it then, she was like, hey, that happened to me, me too. But So she held it in for so long that she was actually depressed and she even tried to kill herself one time. So it's just like, and you, it, and you never know what somebody's going, going through. through. Yep. You yep. never know. You so, never know. You know. And, and the way she carried herself, like, every time I saw her, she was, like, a down-to-earth girl. But mm-hmm. she was, like, you know, some of the things I went through made me just want to take my own life. Just carrying different burdens inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ladies think that we take, in society, we take women for granted? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to elaborate on it a little bit more? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sitting here with you guys, I'm sure you have taken a black woman for granted at some point in your life. Yes, Whether I have. Your mother, your aunt, like somebody, you've taken them for granted. Um, and I do feel like it goes back to black women having to just be strong mm-hmm. about everything. Um, we don't have time to get in our feelings or be sad because we got to move on and Keep take going. care of the family or whatever it is that we have to do. Um, so yeah, I definitely think we're taking advantage of, taking for granted, but I also feel like black women are kind of gaining that confidence in themselves to where they're no longer putting up with it, mm-hmm. and I think that, I think we're going into a good place, even though she's sitting down right now and doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother and her group of friends would have never done anything like this, <laughs> you know, to sit down and say, my black is beautiful, so... I think we're moving in a really good direction. What else can we do to change how women are viewed in society? Like I like I was saying earlier, just the whole empowering thing. Like us as women just continuing to get together and encouraging one another. You know, when something good takes place in somebody's life, being there to support that woman. If a woman is looking nice today, say, you know, you look beautiful today. Everybody, like you said, goes through things that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I smile on the outside, but nobody knows my true pain that's on the inside. So when somebody comes up to me and says, Brittany, you look beautiful today. You know, you don't know the demons and the battles that I was facing, how that changed my day around. And we've all been to, through some low points in our lives um, as women, not just as black women um, that we go through sometimes. So sometimes we just need that encouragement from other people, other women to just let us know that, you know, we're all here for you. You're going to get through it no matter what you're yeah. going through. And it should be more than just a conversation because we see how I use a sports-related term with Colin Kaepernick, how he took a knee. And he said he, he gave the reason why he took the knee, but they clearly shifted yes. the narrative and said it's about the flag. So it's more about just um, just speaking about I it. I got into one of my comments about it. I think it's okay to care about the flag. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You can have your opinion. You can feel like he shouldn't take a knee out of respect for the flag. However, you don't dismiss the real reason of why he took that knee. Mm-hmm. You can have that opinion, and that's fine. Uh, but he's kneeling because of the injustices to black people when it comes to law enforcement. Where's that conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, don't have the knee flag conversation without the other conversation. But see, we get it. We get it. It's just, but the you thing know, is, other you, people. You're paying all these football players all this money, but you don't want them to stand up for themselves. You make want them to make sense. you money, make you look good. But don't talk, no, no, don't, don't you, don't you kneel. I will find you. It makes no sense. <laughs> as long as you make money for me, I'm good. That's it's all they care about. That's all they care about. And I, I, asked, I actually asked Trevor about the same thing, and he was saying that, you know, I asked him the big misperception about athletes. He said they think they're just stupid and they're just supposed to just play ball. And instead of like taking stance on social issues, and he said a lot of them probably don't do it because they don't want to ru- lose their fan base, like some of the white athletes. That's why some of them may not chime in because maybe they don't want to lose their fan base. Mm-hmm. But some of them, and I appreciate the ones who do it because they know why he Kaepernick took the knee. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just like all about just taking action and just showing instead of just shifting the narrative. Instead, of, we need to have a conversation, but also take action and show why it's important. Which brought me up another um, question I want to ask you ladies about. Um, have have you all thought about starting like an empowerment group? Um, cause I, I, I'll give you an example. I think it would be dope to see if you ladies had something like a sister circle or the view to talk or the real. Like, will you ladies just get together and have like a, a 
daily or, or weekly show where you just talk about some of the things that you all go through as women. Have you thought about doing something? We haven't necessarily as a group talked about it, but um, I did have some conversation with Olivia where I was telling her that I wanted to get inside the churches um, and just, you know, have sessions on being fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, I get on social media and I see some of my younger cousins who don't feel beautiful as black women. And how can we encourage them if, you know, we're broken and we're torn? How can we get to a place that we're fixed, that we can encourage the people that's looking up to us? Mm -hmm. So it's just all about, you know, just trying to get stronger and encouraging, you know, everybody that we can. Um, but I think the first place that we need to really start is within our churches. Mm -hmm. We also had a conversation because um, I had an idea and I mentioned it mm -hmm. to Brittany is for all of us at some point to get together and have like an empowerment event just with us first to kind of start it out. And whether it be just like writing down something like I look and write down something that I think is amazing about Britain and everybody do that and just put it in a hat and everybody pull it out, pull out those words of encouragement. Because sometimes you may look like Brittany was saying earlier, you may look at yourself in the mirror and we are our biggest critic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we can find the biggest flaws within ourselves, but somebody else can look at us and think that's the most gorgeous part of us. Mm -hmm. So... I was thinking that would be something, obviously we hadn't gotten in the works yet, but I would love to do something like that. Because yeah. I know that things that I feel terrible about myself, people tell me all the time, it's beautiful about me. And I want to be able to that I think it'll be good to see something like that. I actually remember um seeing a while back well all of you may not know Renisha Renisha she's Jenkins now mm -hmm. but she was talking about at one time doing some kind of a blog where she would have women come in and just have like a chat I, I wish y'all would reach out to her and let her know she needs to do it that way everybody can chime in and also for men so we can kind of understand and, and uh, see some of the things that you're going through and, and just Cause it'll be interesting to see what was like some of the daily things that you talk about or things mm -hmm. that you deal with and just kind of like just be like a stress reliever for you all as well. I only thought about women, but I have thought about starting like a My Black Girls route for the young girls um, because that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. We love young, we can prevent some of these insecurities as women um, as they get older. So. I wanted to start with my church, Brittany, so we should get together and talk about that. Yep. There you go. And Jaleesa is not here, but me and her just had a conversation. I know she won't mind me saying this, but she just talked about herself, you know, as a child and the color of her skin and how, you know, somebody would call her dark and it would just make her cry. And it's so many young girls who are out here just because their skin is darker that they don't feel beautiful. You know, how can we make, you know, those young girls feel beautiful again? So I really feel like getting together and starting that movement will really change a lot of, you know, society and how our young girls grow up thinking that they're not pretty enough or not good enough because their hair may be too short or their hair is kinky, but letting them know that they're beautiful in their own way. I want to get everybody involved before um, we wrap it up. Um, what's something that each of you have think that's misunderstood about you all? Let's start with Amber. That you think people misunderstand about. You can start with me. Go ahead. I feel like a lot of people misunderstand me because they say that either I'm mean or she just got a big mouth because I'm opinionated. And if I feel any type of way about something, I will express myself. And I feel like as a black woman, Sometimes they want to take our voice and they don't want us to say how we feel or have an opinion about anything. And I'm the type of person, I'm not going to bite my tongue. If I feel any type of way, I'm going to express it to you in a very polite way, but I'm not going to hold back. Right. <laughs> and so some people, I guess, take that as being angry or you're mean or something like that. But sometimes <laughs> the truth hurts. And, you know, there are people out here who are very open with expressing themselves, you know, there are people who can receive it wrong. So that's why she like like she said co signing like it's ways to deliver messages to somebody to help them understand versus just throwing it out there and they're receiving it is wrong. Um, I think for me I'm misunderstood in a way that I'm very quiet. They probably don't do it. <laughs> but I'm very quiet and so sometimes it's taken as weak. But I'm not weak. 
at all. So I have to explain myself in that way and, and the workplace a lot. Because um, you don't have anything to say, or people try to come at me wrong, but then when I speak on it, they, oh, they don't bother me again. So I'm just going to sit again. You also. I would say that. I also see it with my arms crossed. I'm struggling now. <laughs> so I'm a, um, people think I'm standing out or not approachable or unapproachable. Very approachable. Nice. I'm sweet. Yeah, hey, Chess, how you doing, girl? So yeah, I, I try to watch that. It's hard, though. For me, I would just say, you know, sometimes I'm at work and people will be like, you know, your life is so perfect. This is so perfect about you because when I come into work, I kind of try to drop like all my personal issues that I have going on at the door. But, you know, when I talk to those people, I tell them, you don't know, you know, my story before I got out of my car and I walked in this door, you know, even though I may not show you right now and I seem to be strong and I'm standing here, you don't know the tears that I cried before I walked in. Um, so, you know, it's not that I'm perfect, but I, I truly believe in God and I put all my faith in him. Um, things do happen in my life. Um, I do go through things and even though I carry a smile, um, there's some pain behind some of the things that I've been through. But like I said, in everything that I do and everything that I always do, I always keep God first no matter what it is. So, you know, behind that smile is some things that have happened in my life that have went on. Um, but through it all, I know it's God is awesome and he's able. That's why I'm, I'm all about respect because you never know what somebody's going through. And it's that one thing I've, I say over and over in my interviews because it's, it could be that one thing that when you speak to somebody, it makes their day. Or if you speak to them, if you say the wrong thing to them, they could just flip. So it's, it's like you really need to your, treat Your words respect. are truly powerful. Like what you say to somebody can change somebody's whole vibe. Like that person that you may have just talked to crossing the street may have been about to go and kill themselves. Absolutely. But it's something that you said to that person that made them think that I am wanted, that I am loved. How can we continue to encourage people? Mm -hmm. I need you ladies to uh, vote on this one. Thank you. You all know. But who is the mother of this group? The one who keeps every, makes sure everybody's in check and everything keeps everybody level headed. <laughs> Do you think you ladies have? Um, we're almost done. Just a few more questions, so y'all can kind of loosen up. Do you ladies feel like y'all have found your true calling in life? For me, I say I have. Um, I actually spoke at a church event um, maybe about a month ago. And I just feel like I have the gift of encouragement. It may not be something big to somebody else, but I just feel like I have a way with my words that I'm just happy to encourage somebody else. I just want to, you know, be able to tell somebody something and change that whole person's perspective around. How can I go out and just continue to encourage and change somebody else's life? Even if sometimes I can't encourage myself, I can always go and encourage Kendra or Amber, Olivia, and all these other women out here. Even if I can't find time to encourage me. Have you found your true calling in life? Still trying to figure it out? I know I haven't. Um, now that I have a daughter, I really feel like that's a part of my purpose and making sure that she grows up and doesn't, like you said, have some of the same insecurities that we have. But when it comes to like fully knowing my purpose, I feel like that is still up in the air and I feel like it sometimes ever changes because who I am today is not who I might be next year. You know, so I feel like we have to constantly be self-aware um, of who we are and where we're trying to go, but also being okay with if something does happen, maybe it's changing our path and leading us down. For the mothers in the group, What's the toughest thing about motherhood for y'all? Mm -hmm. For me, it's balancing working and being a full-time mom and also having a life with my friends as well. Mm -hmm. um, I work Monday through Friday. Uh, and so when I get off work, I pick up my daughter and meet her all day. And so it's like Monday through Friday, I'm all in mommy mode. And then um, maybe like every other weekend, I may try to get with my friends and we'll go places. Because I feel like that you have to have a balance. You can't always just be 
work long, you know, see, you have right. to have a balance and also have a life. I don't keep you back on that because I'm the same way. It's always me and Haney, me and Haney, me and Haney. And while I'm in that mode, I feel like nothing is wrong with that. But she's gone for the summer now. And I really have time for struggle finding things to do. Like, I have no life outside of her. <laughs> and it, it, it hurts, really. It does because it's like, man, she's not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here forever. You have to have a bet. And it, I'm struggling with that. I agree. You got to have a balance. For me, I'm always with my kids because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And with that, it can sometimes be frustrating. And with me living overseas, I always have to find a long time. But, yeah, that was just good to keep you I think the biggest part about being a parent for me is just, um, one, I had to learn a lot of patience. Um a lot of it's a lot of responsibility because it's it's not about you anymore. You have your child to think about because kids they don't get to choose their parents. So sometimes they're born into unfortunate situations and it's it's just one of those things where you just have to for me I just have to man up and take care of responsibility because when I when my children were born I was I was actually still in college and I was wild like I was I was cutting up and at the time I wasn't really ready, but my dad gave me the best advice. He sat me down and he told me, you know, we love you, we're going to help you, but you just take care of your kids because I didn't leave y'all when y'all were little, so I don't expect you to leave them. So it's just all about you know just handling your responsibilities, take care of your kids, make sure they have the best quality quality of life possible, and that's. Actually, another reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now because I just had to pursue my passion and and do something that I really love doing because I knew if I can follow my goals and achieve my dreams, I can. I know they can do the same thing, and I just didn't want to settle for a paycheck, and I didn't want them to do the same thing with just going to school, get a good job, and just get a paycheck, and then they do the same thing for their children on down the line. I wanted to at least you know let them know that if they follow their heart and do what they truly love, then they'll. That's all you can really ask for. to answer this um who who who's that one person or per or it can be more than one person that's made the biggest impact on your life my family my mom my grandma my aunt and my cousin <laughs> they make they are who I, if, it, if it wasn't for my mom and my grandma they instill so much in me that they don't even know so it's certain things that go on in my life i go to them about because they know or they don't been there Mm-hmm. So the women in my family, they make me who I am, and the reason I'm here and the reason I do certain stuff is because of them. Mm-hmm. I would say for me, um, my parents, my dad is now deceased, um, but you know, growing up, I always had my dad in my life. He was one of my biggest supporters. You know, anytime I did something great, the whole world would know because my dad would brag and tell everybody. And still to this day, I just picture him up in heaven. Every accomplishment that, you know, I go through, my dad is always going to be one of my biggest supporters. But my mom has had to really step up um, and be that strong woman. Um, It's been plenty of times that she just wants to break down and cry. But for me and my brother, you know, she's just always strong. Like, you know, she lets us break down. She lets us cry. And she's just always that shoulder to lean on. So for my mom, I've just, I've gained so much from her. Um, 
I love her with my whole heart. And if I could ever repay her in any way, I would. Um, like I said, my mom is just my biggest supporter. If it wasn't for my parents, I really wouldn't be where I am today. Well, I got to pick it for my mama. My mama sacrificed a lot for me. So I can never pay her back for what she has done for me. So the respect and the love I got from my mama will always be there because some of the stuff that to this day she don't have to do, but she still do it because the love that she had for me. So the love I have for my mama is unbelievable and my grandmama. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? I'm going to piggyback and say my parents have a great impact in my life, you know, when you're young, <clears throat> they, as a child, you don't really take in the things your parents are trying to teach you, mm -hmm. until I became a mother myself, you know, at 19, it's okay, and I just, I, I just really feel Shatina, you know, you get so emotional when you talk about those people in your life that means so much to you, you know, your parents, and you just want to love on those people while you have them. Like I said, my dad is now deceased, and if I could just grab my dad, I just got chills over me, and just hug him one more time and say, you know, dad, I thank you. I thank you for all those times that you encouraged me, all those times that you were hard on me. If I could just wrap my arms around him and tell him that, um, just take your parents and just really tell them each and every day how much you love them, because you never know, you know, we here, we're here one day, and the next day we're gone. And that's for everybody. You know, death has no age. It does. It has no age. So love each other. You know, if you miss that person, you reach out and you tell that person, you know, I miss you. I was watching something with um, Gabrielle Union and Jada. And they said they didn't know why they fell out. You know, mm. why are we mad at each other? And I feel like as women, we sometimes we get in that way. And we're falling out and we don't even know the reason. And then, you know, here's the next day and we're attending this person's funeral. If I could have told that person, here's your flowers while you're still living, you know? Mm -hmm. So while we're all here, I think we should just go ahead and pass out flowers now. It shouldn't be at somebody's funeral that we're speaking of this person in this way and telling that person, you know, I love you. So to each of you all today, I love you all. <laughs> Couple more questions. Um, and not only do oh, you impact your life, like your own lessons. Impact your life, yes. you know, the mistakes that you make, yes. That that's true. Yes, it's okay. You know, it truly changes your thinking, all your lessons. I don't regret anything yeah. that I've done at all. No, it's made me. It's made you that much stronger. It's made me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's who you are because you that's went fair. through all of that. It made you Shatina. If you hadn't went through it, you know, you wouldn't be able to overcome some of the things you are now. You're strong now because of that. Each of us are strong because of something that we went through. Anybody else want to add on? I don't, I hope I don't, nobody else can take this the wrong way. I love my family. I love my parents. You know, I, of course I look up to them. I don't have that one person that has truly impacted my life because I try to do something every day. Even children. Children can teach you things. Um, so I try to, and I'm always, my friends tell me, it's okay, it ain't nothing, it don't mean nothing. Because I'm like, what do you mean? Why do you have to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always trying to find something in everybody, in everything. Yeah. I'm like, they teach us. I'm like, they teach us. Why do they have white birds fly? <laughs> I'm like, they teach us. <laughs> I didn't think about it that way either, but, <laughs> like, I learned from different people or different things, so, yeah. Anybody else? I would have to agree with Chelsea with that as well. Um, I would say someone I really looked up to, and again, I would have to piggyback off of everybody else, is definitely my parents. And um, not only how they raised me, but I look at now, for instance, my mom. Like, she does so much, not only just for me and my brother, but for my nieces. Like, I just watch her on a daily basis. She's going to make sure that everybody's fed. She's going to make sure everybody's butt is clean. Like, she's going to make sure everybody has all nice clothes. Like, she's going to make sure of all of these things. And, you know, she's the, she's the one person, not saying that my dad is not, but she's that one person that you know you can call and be like, mm -hmm. Mom, no, I need this. Yeah. Or I need <laughs> and she's going to come through. She's going to come through. Like,
Like, he's going to look in your account, and there's going to be some coins mm-hmm. in your account. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's going to make sure that everybody is taken care of and nobody is in need of anything. They might talk junk at first, though. Yeah. They're going to talk junk. <laughs> but they're still going to do it, though. <laughs> they're going to see through. So, definitely. I look up to her in that way. This question is for the mom of the group. You, you, you speak about your father, God bless his soul. Um, if he could see everything that you've accomplished to this point, what do you think he would say about you? Um, I just know that, you know, my dad would be proud. Just looking back over the years, you know, growing up and no matter what the accomplishment was, my dad was always proud. He made it a point and anybody who's watching this who knows my dad knows that if he my dad seen you out in the store or wherever it was a restaurant he's gonna be like my baby girl did this my baby girl did that he was just one of those people um so like everything that i've been through so far in life all of my accomplishments i know that you know it was because him and god i know he's always looking down on me um and then with his legacy that he left behind one day when i have kids i can pass that on to them I was raised um, in a family just pretty much growing up. We were pretty much close-knit, and we were all taught to pretty much be there for one another and love on one another, even when things sometimes got rocky. So, you know, I really look back, and I appreciate having my dad in my life at that point. They got us through some tough times in life, and still to this day, we struggle, but I can just look back on some of the lessons that he's taught me and continue to push forward, even though sometimes it looks rocky, that road sometimes looks unclear, I can look up and say, you know, God and Dad, I know it was you. Mm-hmm. This is the last question, um, and I need everybody to answer this one. For you all, what's the ultimate goal in life? And we can go around whichever way y'all want to go around. I can kick it off. Um, my ultimate goal in life is to be happy. Um, yeah. Happiness in my job. Happiness in my relationship. Happiness within my family. Happiness within my friendship. And if it doesn't bring me happiness, then I don't need it. Um, I'm just in a season in my life. I'm in a time period where I just want to really be close to God and be close to people who genuinely love me and I love them back. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we look at stuff and we're like, you know, this person was my life along the way. And then they pretty much vanish. And sometimes I used to really get so deep in my feelings. I'm like, what could I have done to make this person stay? What could I have done differently? I beat myself up about it. But sometimes it's nothing, you know, it's nothing that we can do as people. Sometimes it's just that those, that season and, you know, our life has ended with that person. It's nothing personal against who we are. Um, but happiness is my ultimate goal in life. Mine is happiness too. Because at one point in my life, I felt like I was giving too much of me to everybody. And that cup is empty. You don't have nothing for yourself. You got to fill you up, and then what's overflowing, that's what air, that's oozing. You give that to everybody. And my thing was, I was always making sure, you know, you know everybody is straight. You, but you got to make sure you straight. You got to make sure you're fine. Because if you're not okay, and you make sure everybody's not okay, eventually you're going to manifest, and you're going to just going to break down. Mm-hmm. So... Now, you know, I learned that you just got to make sure that you, it just going to take your time to do something. It's just going to get your toes done or go buy a shirt. Oh, this shirt nice. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go get that. But I'm but I'm still the nice person. I'm going to still make sure everybody's okay. And I still pray for everybody, make sure everybody's well. I hope that we're going well or I hope everything's going well. I might send the text. I'd be like, you know, I hope everybody's okay. Hope that we're going well. How you doing? Mm-hmm. But sometimes in life, you got to make sure that you're okay. Right. <laughs> yes. I want to be the best mother. I could possibly be. And I want to have any regrets. I want to never have any well, for me, um, of course, I want to be happy as well, but I want to be able to live a life and create a life that when I leave here, I remember that I have yep. something. Yep. And I can't find something. Sound like Taylor. Yes. Um, to be happy as well. That's what everybody's going through, like a dark place. And mm-hmm. like being cut off the negative people, 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 the negative yeah, <laughs> you gotta be happy. Exactly. Sometimes 
would be everybody to realize that there's happiness in the moment now because you can get what you think is happiness and then you'll still be looking for something else yeah, that's happiness yeah. you know so finding that happiness in every moment uh rather than looking for it living in it mm-hmm. um but other than that just being the best mother that i can be um every lesson that i feel like i didn't get making sure i still instill those things into juliana and um Every day, waking up, trying to do my best, whatever that is, just doing my best. Well, let me get my ultimate goal. Time for me to be petty a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I want everybody here to support black businesses. Did we, we talked about did earlier. We be going through this. Nah. This is not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I just play. I just play. I just play. But nah, this. We're coming forever. You right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my, my, my goal is to just be able to, same thing, you know, just give back and know that I help somebody and also support my people any way I can. Um, like if you know any, if you guys know anybody who, who wants to share something, just let me know. I'm all about helping somebody. As long as I know I can help somebody and I'm just the best father I can be, then at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for. But, but y'all still need to support black businesses though. I appreciate you ladies. Um do anybody have anything else they want to say before we get out of here? We appreciate we you. We just want to take uh take the time to say thank y'all for coming out and doing this for us. Mm-hmm. Um we really, you know, hope that we're able to come together and really get a movement started. Like what we said earlier, the movement My Black is Beautiful is for every woman out there to feel empowered, to feel beautiful, um, and just to know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, Until next time, keep chasing dreams. This is Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank Thank you. you.